This is episode 7 of the Latter-day Saint Geeks podcast. I'm Spencer, and in this episode, TJ and I discuss some of our favorite Christmas episodes on television, including Doctor Who, Community, Friends, Phineas and Ferb, and Big Bang Theory. Welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Saint Geeks podcast. I'm Spencer, and I'm joined today with TJ, who, uh, since the last time we recorded, um, is officially back on the Geeks team, um, mostly for the podcast, but also with an option to write on the blog every once in a while, as he does, so desires. So welcome back to the team. Let's be, thank you, and let's be honest, I've had the option to write for a long time. I like to blog when i do get a chance i hate that i don't get the time because i know that if i were to sit and start working on a blog it'll take me like 45 to 50 minutes but i most of the time do not have mm. but here we are podcasting so you know whatever but even that took weeks to coordinate because kids and work and just just exhaustion of life. being just, i just call it life adults. i'm just like done yeah yeah being a parent being an adult being responsible well kind of responsible well you know somewhat having things to, you have to do hey, if the doctor can be considered responsible i think we're okay i'm pretty sure that the uh, psychic paper said no i cannot tell that lie so that's the true. 11th doctor said that's this true is 11 can... well 11 by all means i mean he was the youngest doctor Uh, I think he's I, younger than coincidentally today is mm-hmm. not going to be a doctor oh. who podcast um despite well, we uh, still have yes, uh, no. well not solely based on doctor <laughs> who there will be solely doctor of, who plenty of doctor who talk today still but despite the fact that we haven't finished our series on the first doctor um that's the we have one episode left about the first doctor that we have trouble scheduling recording time. <laughs> um, but today, because uh, this episode is coming out at the beginning of December, we're going to be discussing TV Christmas specials that honestly we could watch every year without fail and still love them. So some of them are favorites. Some of them are just too good to pass up or just too good to turn off if they're already on. Um but before we get to that, we're going to go with recommendations, like we always do. So as of when we're recording this, the first of the three Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials has already come out on BBC and Disney+. And it just so happens that my wife was out when it when I noticed that it went live on Disney+. Plus. So... You know what I did? I immediately put it on TV and watched it right away. Um, as you should. As I should. I, I, I had told her beforehand um, that I was more than happy to get up with our kids the next morning if she needed to sleep longer. Just so that I could, And I told her, like, it's, I, it's because I want to watch Doctor Who, but I'll still do it. I'll still let you sleep. <laughs> Just so that we can both be happy. Um, be happy because money doesn't buy you happiness, but it can buy you Doctor Who episodes, and that's pretty much the same thing. Yes, 
Um, but anyway, by the time this episode come it gets uh by the time this episode goes live, um, we'll have the second of the 60th anniversary specials out, and I and I'm sure we'll get to this at some point in the relatively well. We might get this at we might get to this at some point in 2024, um, or at least on our next Doctor Who episode, briefly discussing the 60th anniversary specials. But I was pleasantly surprised by the first special, and I'm looking forward to the other ones. I was definitely um, pleasantly surprised. Well, I can't say I was pleasantly surprised because well, let me rephrase that. Pleasant, yes. Surprised, not so much. Knowing okay, fair enough that the writing was coming from um, Russell and, T. And Davies. The direction was coming from Russell T. Davies, who managed Doctor Who in its um, I don't want to say early days because that is absolutely wrong, but it's a rejuvenating days. Wibbly wobbly, uh, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I mean, he he was the man in charge when it was. Uh, he revived the whole thing. David Tennant. What I said, he revived the whole thing. He revived the whole thing pretty much, and then um, I kind of feel like he's doing doing what he can to revive it again. Um, I read that something that the uh, that this episode last week, which obviously not going to be last week's anymore, but the first episode of the Fourteenth uh, Doctor yeah. here um, was one of the highest rated episodes of uh, in a long time. I'm not surprised. So I'm really excited. I mean, um, just the return of David Tennant and Donna Noble and Russell T. Davies all at the same time. I don't think Donna Noble is her name in real life. Well, you you know what I mean. And now, like my mind has just gone blank on Catherine Tate. Catherine, I'm like, I know Catherine. I had Catherine <laughs> in my head, and I'm like. I had Hepburn. I'm like, I know that's not her last name. <laughs> it just seemed wrong to say the te- the return of the tenth Doctor or the return of the fourteenth Doctor. You couldn't say the return of the because no, neither because of those are is... true. No, I I do kind of wish though that he had a uh, was able to speak uh, Scottish instead of oh that would be in fun. his in his current accent that he uses as the Doctor. I just I. I just thought just because his face changed doesn't mean yes, exactly what I was quoting. Um, just because he returned to his old face doesn't mean he had returned to his own old voice. But you know, yeah. it's all good though. I really liked it. I really enjoyed the episode. Um, but that's your recommendation. I don't. Um, I'm not gonna steal yours, <laughs> even though I can absolutely agree with it. My recommendation is the one thing that will get Spencer to play Magic: The Gathering one of these days, and that is the Magic the Gathering Doctor Who Commander decks um, when so basically if you know what Magic the Gathering is that is a collectible card game and if you know what Doctor Who is well if you don't know what Doctor Who is I don't know you, you shouldn't be listening I don't know to why podcast. you're following the two of us if you don't know what no, Doctor Who not is not right now um, but basically they Magic the Gathering um, which is owned by Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, they have been doing collaborations with non-Magic the Gathering. Um, we'll go with universes. I believe they call it the Universes Beyond uh, series of, of different things. They've done Warhammer, but they also done Dungeons and Dragons, which is another Wizards of the Coast property anyway. 
Um, Doctor Who, however, they came out with four different decks, which I, I thought the split was kind of interesting, but it did make a lot of sense to me. Now, they have a deck that uh, is the classic deck, and it's starting with the fourth, well, it starts with the first eight Doctors throughout. Um, the main Doctor in the deck being the fourth Doctor. And no surprise Sergeant there. Smith as his companion. Zero surprise for me. Um, so, you know, so having having that, then there is a, a deck of the modern, two decks really from modern who one that is uh, goes from Christopher Eccleston through I would I would have to say through I think the War Doctor is represented in that deck because it is Matt Smith. Um and in, okay. in, in the middle of Matt Smith's range. So it goes from goes from war, but also nine, ten, and eleven. Um with Rose being ten and Rose being the main um pairing that they put in that deck. Um, and when I say that, if you don't know enough, if you know a little bit about magic, there's a specific type of um, way to play magic where you have a hundred card deck, anything besides a basic mana card or basic land card is uh, you're only supposed to have one of it um, with very few exceptions. But anyway, anyway with, within this Doctor Who deck, you have um, the Doctor, the Tenth Doctor and Rose as your commander. Sometimes you're allowed a second commander. Usually you only have one, but with a Doctor Who, it made a lot more sense that at least three of the decks, you can have two. Um, the third deck was uh, features Peter Capaldi, uh, Jodie Whittaker, um, as well as the, I don't know what we call her, um, Joe Martin. What is she? I've always called like the Fugitive Doctor. Fugitive Doctor, thank you. I was like, I have a word, I that's what a word she's on been the card. Termed. And she's termed that on the, her card as well, um, and uh, that doc that that deck, um, that's the deck with Clara in it, Clara and Bill, especially since Clara so, I think spent more time with the twelfth Doctor than the eleventh. Yeah, um, two seasons versus half a season. Yep. So, but it features um, the thirteenth Doctor as the main Doctor in that set with Yaz. But it has all of the Doctor's family, quote unquote. So that's how the thirteen or the Doctor's fam. Um, yeah, the family the fam. refers to it, fam. Um, and then there's a villains deck that you could either have Missy or Davros as your main card, and that you only get one because it's the villains. Why do they need a companion? They don't care. Obviously, you so, go with Missy, but um, yes, um, I have played with each of them at least once. I'm waiting for the day where I get to, you know, my wife and daughter didn't want to play. So my son and I have played with them. <laughs> um, my favorite, my favorite card comes from one of my least favorite doctors, which is so sad, but it's a very good card in it. And that's with the six doctors. Ooh, card. I knew you were going to say that. I didn't want to say that. Believe me. I love the, like, I love the artwork in it, especially like the fourth doctor's artwork. The scarf is a card itself. It has its own card. Um, there, there are different tokens in Magic. One of the ones that came out a few years ago that they used in one of the sets is a food token. And there are food tokens in Magic the Gathering. And of course, with the fourth Doctor's deck, well, the food token is a Jelly Baby. So 
or bag of jelly babies, I should say. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. With the tenth uh, and eleventh Doctor's deck, it is a, a fish fingers and custard. So the artwork just impresses me so much. Like that's ple- that's where I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, and if you ever get back near me or near someone who has these decks, you, you would I think really appreciate at least from an artwork. All the lands even have a TARDIS drawn into them. Um, oh, the awesome. land, the artwork is just so impressive. Like that's, they're not cheap. Like about two hundred dollars on Amazon, I think, right now still. For the four of them, which makes it fifty dollars a deck. But with what's in the deck from a Magic player perspective, there's a lot in there that's worth it. And from an art perspective, there's a lot in there that's worth it. So no, that makes sense. So yeah, that's my long-winded um recommendation. That's okay. Um, yeah, that would be the, I've been, I've had two people attempt to teach me magic, um, but the rules are similar enough, but also different enough from Yu-Gi-Oh that I've struggled to keep it all straight. So, but if one thing could get me committed to get it all straight, it would be these Doctor Who decks. So, and they, the one problem for being a new player from a new player mindset with the Doctor Who decks, they are very complicated the least complicated deck um would be i think the villains deck or maybe the 10th doctor's deck one of the problems is that the um the fourth doctor's deck i say it that way just because that's who's on the cover um but the fourth doctor's deck that is um the, all the doctors make that one complicated but mm. you could have eight different doctors out just with that deck um one of the cards in that deck says that and and you can copy thanks to the sixth doctor that's why i like the sixth doctor he can copy the other doctors and in doing so one of them says if you get 13 doctors out then you win the game so which to me makes sense if you've got all 13 at least those 13 with you then you've got kind of a problem yeah well, moving on from our recommendations and from Doctor Who, at least uh, temporarily. Temporarily. Um, always temporarily. Let's go. Oh, I, I do have to say, well, hold on. Matt Smith is a hundred and something days younger than Jodie Whittaker. I looked it up. So Matt Smith maintains the youngest. I made a comment earlier. Oh. <laughs> I just want to make sure that fact, that trivia piece, for all those who care or don't care. Okay. I care. I always care. It's a number. I'm a numbers nerd. So that is okay. Okay. We can move on now to our okay. Christmas theme, which doesn't have anything to do with numbers other than people doing a countdown to Christmas. Yep. Uh, there's a reason you're an accountant. Um thank you. Let's start with community. Um so you had said that. Abed's uncontrollable Christmas was your favorite of the community Christmas episodes. Let's not just there. mine, but it is a lot of people's. Uh, I do love that episode, but I do have to share this story with that episode. So last year, um, well, first of all, I'll watch Christmas whenever I feel like it. It could be hot yep. in August and I will watch it. I don't care. Um, Last year, while my wife and our oldest child were in St. George um, for a marching band competition, 
I was stuck with the other three kids um, at home. And of course, you know, my my son, who's now in the marching band himself, you know, last year, I don't even know where he ended up most of the time. And then our other, my uh, now 11-year-old, the two of them, they were in and out. But my youngest, she sat by me on her tablet a lot. And I was bored one of the nights. I think it was the, the Thursday night or the Friday night. And so I turned on community and it's November and it's Utah. So it was kind of cold. So I ended up watching and it's probably where I was. I mean, I've gone through the show like seven times now. Yeah. I think you've seen them more than um, I have. Probably um, that. And anyway, so we'll go with that. Yes. I've seen it a lot. Um, And I got to that episode with um, Abed's uncontrollable Christmas and my now seven year old. So she's only six. Um, She, watched it with me i didn't realize she paid any attention to it i'm gonna be honest but she laughed because she saw it and it was all this like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer animation in it well the next day when we were i don't know what we were doing she said are we gonna watch that again and I, the christmas she said are we gonna watch the christmas movie and i'm like i don't even know what you're talking about because i think we watched like four or five episodes or at least i did the, that night before so like, the christmas movie you know the one with the christmas pterodactyl well she said christmas uh with the with a dinosaur is what she said so the dinosaur so in my mind i'm thinking like brontosaurus or t-rex and nope, the christmas like, oh, wait, no. pterodactyl the christmas pterodactyl and so now you know and then that weekend i watched that episode i'm not i'm not kidding you know how a kid can watch the same oh, yes. tv show or episode or movie a million times and and it's i think a million times worse when you're adhd and well, I know I'm ADHD. I don't know if she is or not, but you know, she's my child, so it doesn't surprise me. We watched that episode at least uh, eight or nine times, and between that weekend and Christmas, we probably watched it another ten or so times. <laughs> she kept wanting every night. She'd ask if we could watch the Christmas pterodactyl. That's adorable. Um, I had to teach her not to quote Shirley because certain words are not exactly appropriate. And when Shirley gets turned into a baby doll, she thought my daughter thought it was hilarious because mm-hmm. it is hilarious in my mind. It's just not necessarily necessarily uh, something I want my seven my six year old quoting. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. But I had to watch it a lot last year, and so it is. And she did not. She didn't run for it. I was sick of it last year. I'm gonna be honest. I was sick of it after a while, but. I but she still loves the Christmas yeah. pterodactyl. That's about the sounds loves of it. The Christmas pterodactyl. That's her number one favorite thing. Like I, I, I'm sad the show is so old because I wanted to go and see if I could find somebody somewhere with, with like Etsy or something creating a Christmas pterodactyl ornament, but I could not find one, unfortunately. So that's that's one of my favorites. And out of the four, um, community Christmas episodes, that is by far my favorite. When I was a, uh, I just uh, the other day I started rewatching the Christmas episodes uh, for a blog post that I'm working on. Um, actually, should be coming out just a couple days after this podcast episode. Um, but the I've watched the first two so far, starting on the one about uh, Glee Club. Um, what are regionals, anyways? Yep, I love that sentence. That sentence. They're this close, mocking Glee. They're this close, Pierce making fun of glee i Um, I love that that's the season three episode i do love that one and that's my second favorite but 
yeah but it's um but yeah so but as i'm watching those i'm also like looking at old christmas posts that we did for the blog for that and for right. this podcast episode apparently i listed uh abed's uncontrollable christmas as my favorite as well at least once so apparently well, at least so. apparently apparently at least me in the past agreed with you so but the right the right answer i mean i love the glee episode i do I, I do definitely also love the the first christmas episode but i think and i'll, I'll include this in my blog post that december 10th yeah, this, the december 10th one um <laughs> but it just she i it's one of those moments that and i'll talk about this more in the blog post but like surely just is the kind of christian that gives christians a bad rep which mm -hmm. is really sad because I want to believe the best in our Christian brothers and sisters in and outside of our church, but there are plenty in and outside of our church that just don't know how to interact with people that don't believe the same as them. I do, I do think that that is something, though, that community does... I don't want to say right. That's not the right term, but the community does something where it is a TV show about the extreme. I mean, it is a mm -hmm. cartoonized in already before this episode of of uh, of Christmas, where it's a, everybody is to an extreme. And so, surely with Christmas, each at least each of the first three, there's a very strong Christian, um, you know, my religion my beliefs whatever concept that she does portray and that does i think come across really well in and this this uncontrollable christmas episode again that's why abed turns her into a baby doll because if she's not getting her way she's whining about it yeah i mean it's very very telling of this is the character that we intended to write and i think that nicole brown did an awesome job with it and I think that's one of the things that the somewhat related comment that that I like about the community Christmas episodes in general, uh, not just Abed's uncontrollable Christmas, but the other ones as well. Um, at least the first three. I can't remember if it's really included in the last one, but um, that um, you know, the Christmas is at least these days. Yes, it's a religious holiday and coming from the christian perspective that we do like it, it it's obviously got more to more going on for us than just presents and santa claus and even family time but i like that in in many ways i've grown to love the fact that christmas is for more than just like it's it's become more than just a religious holiday yes because we're christians we we're going to appreciate the christian aspect of it but i mean in uh abed's uncontrollable christmas there's a line probably paraphrasing here but like christmas the meaning of christmas is that christmas has meaning and like we give it the meaning that we are willing and able to give it and the meaning it, for Abed was being together with people who cared about him. And I think that comes across in a lot of holiday specials nowadays.
Right. I think I, I think with that, with the song that they sing at the end, that Shirley makes them sing at the end because Shirley still forces her tradition, <laughs> that they all sing that you know, you have everybody who has different uh different background, different religions, and it it becomes that this the the statement is made that in the darkest times of the year i mean the shortest day of the year is uh, shortly before christmas just a few days that even during these darkest times of the year we can all be together and be happy together and Mm -hmm. be friends together be comforted together like that is that's the part where it's like this this is what makes the show and makes christmas such a, a powerful thing is it doesn't have to be just for christians we can celebrate love and family and friendship at that time of year and part of the reason why we do it at that time of the year in in the non-christian mentality would be it's because we're still all needing comfort and friends mm-hmm. we don't have to bah humbug our way agreed so let's move on to uh one that i picked um Phineas and ferb um now on disney plus had a christmas special called winter vacation um I don't believe that you've ever seen Phineas and Ferb unless your kids happen to watch it. I mean, I've seen Phineas and Ferb. I probably have heard at the very minimum that episode. One of my kids in particular has watched all of it, I know. So, but I I am not familiar with that one. So I'm gonna let you take it away. So unlike the rest of Phineas and Ferb that like most of uh, more or less the rest of it takes place during the summer we got a christmas episode that i mean just like the rest of phineas and ferb there's the um silly musical numbers there's um multiple ridiculous plots going on just just a regular phineas and ferb kind of tone but a normal phineas and ferb day yeah pretty much um but what i really like about this christmas special is that it's you know it again is another one that's it's not from a christian perspective you know um there's a one line or reference to one of the secondary characters being jewish but even then it's like we're still talking about christmas the whole episode <laughs> um but i i like that the whole point of the episode was phineas and verb wanted to show just how much they were grateful for you know santa bringing presents that it's that christmas for them was a time that they wanted to show their gratitude as opposed to you know every other kids show where the kids just want to you know me 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 what are like what am i getting for christmas what you know what's in it for me um this kid's show decided they wanted to show gratitude and teach gratitude about like you know it's still santa claus but let's be grateful for what he does and the presence that he brings so we still get some santa claus north pole antics like most other kids shows but it's takes it from a different viewpoint which i was talking with a uh a friend this week about how he's got a hard time with Christmas because it's all material materialism and we, it's uh, all 
me, 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 starting with Black Friday all the way through the end of the year. And all I could think of was this Phineas and Ferb Christmas special that, yeah, there's the gift giving and the gift receiving, but it's also, you know, the just gratitude as well, which I think the world could use more of that. Also, the world can use a lot more gratitude in it. Seriously. Also, um, I don't know if it was if it came out at the same time as this Christmas special, but I, it, there's like a whole Phineas and Ferb Christmas soundtrack or Christmas album that um, me and our friend David just uh, like every once in a while just like quote back and forth just for the heck of it. Like I'll, I'll pull out a one line from one of the songs because they're all Phineas and Ferb parodies of Christmas songs, basically. Nice. And uh, now, now I'll have to go watch it. Yeah. Not all the songs from the album are in that episode. Um, right. There's actually another episode that takes place during the summer that's their misplaced Christmas special that they record hmm. for the local cable station. And most of the other songs from the album are in that episode. But that's... That's a little bit convoluted for, you know, a kid, a Disney kids show cartoon. Right. No, I think I think that's um. You know, Phineas and Ferb is a fun show, and it has, it's very interesting because it's so out there. Everything they do. Oh yeah. And then and then at the very end, it's like it all gets cleaned up, but on the same token, it always feels like there's a subtle lesson that you're not. You didn't realize you were learning while you went through it with them. It's that they make it formulaic, like most yeah. other kids' shows, but they make it in a way that it's almost making fun of those formulaic kids' shows at the same time. Yep. So. Yep, and that's the best way to make fun of them is by using another one. Yep. Basically using the show that does make fun of it. Like when, well, not to go backwards to Community, but Community has a clip show, except it's not a clips from any of the actual episodes. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of Community is just, you know, it's kind of commentary on anything. everything. Yeah, flavor of the week there. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to Christmas. Yeah, you can buy the gifts and you can commercialize it all you want. But when it comes to knowing someone... I mean, those are, that's the reaction I like, you know, uh, friends has that in an, in another Christmas episode with, with trying to find gifts and trying to outdo Monica. Um, but it has to do with, Hey, I got something for you and it's because I thought about mm -hmm. you. It's not a random gift card to uh, Walmart or Amazon or I mean mm -hmm. sometimes maybe that's nice but this is something to me the Big Bang Theory episode it's saying you know it's the reminder that it is the thought that counts you, when you put in thought when you actually do try and put in some sort of a thought and it has meaning to that person that like honestly when Leonard when Sheldon did that in that episode it's in like the only episodes when it came out, I recorded it on TV to watch it with my wife later, but I watched it while it was recording. Loved it. Took it out of my VCR. VCR. That's how old I am. We had a VCR. <laughs> Went over to my neighbor's house who loved Big Bang Theory, and they didn't have TV. 
and I said, do you want to watch the Christmas episode? Like that night I watched it twice. Like to me, especially because of that scene. And really that's the one scene that makes that episode so great is just the, I put thought into this. And if I keep talking, we'll never get done. So I'm going to just. I will say that's just one of my favorite parts of the gift giving experience and gift receiving is like, yeah, I can have my Amazon wish list and, but when, you know, I am buying a gift for a friend or heck buying a gift for my wife, but you know, it's, we could be, we're, we're buying the gift out of our, the same bank account. It's a, you know, you know, I could, uh, she could get me something off my wish list. She could get me something that she knows that I'd love. And it, what matters more than the buying is the thought. Yep. And I think it's that's the, the thought more than buying. And I think that's where like the mature gift giving experience happens is uh, when it really is the thought that counts and not just the, the gift. And I mean, that that's, you know, with when it if you look at that love languages idea, and there are people who use love languages gift. My love language is gift, and I feel like it's a language that I speak very well. Mm-hmm. When my wife and I were dating, I was the first boyfriend of hers that not only bought roses because that's her middle name and they are her favorite flower, but I bought her yellow roses because that was her favorite color. I didn't realize it, but when I bought them for her, no other boyfriend had bought her yellow roses. I know that yellow roses are a symbol of friendship, but it was like, it had nothing to do with that because the symbol was, is negligible nowadays. It's just more like, that's her favorite color. So why wouldn't I buy her a flower that matches her favorite color and her favorite flower? And that was just, that was the mindset. And it's just like, I'm not like the world's greatest gift giver, but it's like, if I can add the thoughts together and see the things that a person would like and appreciate, and I see that thing then I want to buy it, even for people I don't even know that well. And it sucks because it's like, I want to, you know, I can't spend all the money in the world because I don't <laughs> have it. But it's like, I, I like to see people enjoy a gift that they that they weren't always expecting. Okay, now we can go on to the rest of this time. Which appropriately, timey-wimey, is Doctor Who. And I did not do a count of how many Christmas specials Doctor Who has had since 2005 um but we're getting another one this year with the return of uh, Russell T Davies we're getting a Christmas special and not just the New Year's specials so um so there are so many episodes that we could have picked for to discuss for Christmas um you noted your favorite as the Husbands of River song so I'll let you touch on that before we touch anything else sweet i mean i love the doctor who christmas episodes a lot of them anyway um i mean there are so many that are so good the thing about the husbands of river song um there's a lot of times throughout doctor who where the statement is made by the doctor um in, in a roundabout way whether implied or directly that the TARDIS takes the doctor where the doctor needs to go. Yeah. And at this time, Clara has just 
well, she's died and she's vanished and, and he's pulled her out of time. I mean, there's, and he's forgotten her, but he knows he's forgotten something and something important and he's lost his friend and he is lonely. And so he goes and ends up being accidentally pulled into helping essentially his wife um his tiny wimey wifey and with with the husbands of river song first of all i think it's the first doctor who episode that actually made me cry um to be honest there just no small feet then no although it's become easier i think it broke me or something because it's become a lot easier (laughs) since then but um but that episode alone and the thing is that throughout most of the episode he doesn't he knows who river song is he absolutely does he's you know loved her for years at this point but of course you know their timelines are so out of order and he knows exactly how her timeline is going to end at some point he is stuck in a position where he's looking at someone he loves and she doesn't recognize him because she has never seen that face of his yeah at that point and, she was still under the assumption that he was out of regenerations yep after after 11 with with matt smith um with matt, matt smith's uh supposed to be the final doctor and in, in what she knew and understood of the time lords and when and when he sees her to me and i don't remember exactly but um Peter Capaldi as the doctor, he's grumpy. He's a really good grumpy doctor. But he smiles when he sees River. Oh, he's just so happy in this episode. Yeah. Like, he's having fun. And it's the first time that he seems to really, really, truly do that. I think he spent so much time worrying about Clara and worrying about who he was that when he sees River, he knows he can be himself and not and not worry anymore but she doesn't know who he is and that moment when she throws a fit um just to try to stall when they're in trouble they're about they could be killed at any second and um, kind of given her speech about the doctor at that point. giving her speech about the doctor not loving her and how painful that would be for him to listen to the person that he does love say he never loved me like she clearly you know it's river song she is scanned for a lie when she says that she the doctor never loved her and maybe in that moment she believed it i don't know but i kind of think she's just that good lying and the uh the doctor is just standing there like how painful that would be and then he says but then they get the reassurance like you know you're wrong i'm here Yep, and, sudden, and and then that's when she realizes who he is. He, 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 he says he's tried to tell her who he was so many times, but she doesn't. She just doesn't catch on because of her belief that he's only had so many generations. It's been so strong that she can't follow it. And well, then and he says, "So much is going on, that he couldn't get a word in." Yep, he really couldn't. I mean, they're sitting for dinner. He probably could have then, but maybe least appropriate. Uh, moment but he just by that point i think he was just messing with her yeah that's true that is true 
but him saying hello sweetie to her like that is the moment where it's like i don't know that i teared up in that one but that is definitely a moment where i could have teared up mm-hmm. so um and there's a lot to this episode now it is not christmas themed it takes place at christmas though he comes out of the tardis with antlers on because it's, it is christmas whatever planet they're on mm-hmm. it's christmas and uh and he is um you know it, to me it's almost like sometimes the universe gives you something mm-hmm. that you didn't know you needed right when you need it most and that is exactly what happened um is that he got one more day with the person that he thought he would never see again. Oh, and then their last day together, I was trying to look it up. She, uh, turns out uh, they spend a whole day on Derillium. Derillium. And he yeah. has, he tells her that one night on Derillium is 24 years. So they get to spend yeah. 24 years together before she goes off to the library. Yep. Heartbreaking, which is romantic, which is heartbreaking, but also it just goes to the, um, that, that feeling of that full circle feeling, Mm -hmm. right? That's kind of what I, what I, what I saw there. Um, and you know, it's mentioned later on and I'm, I won't go with that. Never mind. Sorry. Um, with, with the doctor and river, it just, it's such a, the ending part of that episode is all about him preparing and creating quote-unquote perfect date perfect final date for them Mm -hmm. um knowing that you know in the end it's too late they're on derillion he doesn't get the choice to stop it so he has in the past so many times and then he can't anymore Mm -hmm. anyway I can talk about that episode a lot. There are other Doctor Who episodes that I love, like a woman in a wedding dress. <laughs> I was gonna say, like honestly, like I'm, I'm looking at a list of the Christmas episodes right now, and honestly, most of them, the most Christmassy thing about them is that it happens on Christmas. The like, Christmas is not the right. theme of it. Like, who in their right mind, even Donna Noble, decided that yeah, I should have my wedding on Christmas Eve. Who would even be coming Christmas to that day. wedding? It's not Christmas Eve. Oh, it's Christmas Day? It's who, Christmas Day. Who would agree to go to that wedding? Maybe That's it's different in England. I don't know, but still, it's like, I, I would, in some ways... I don't know. Was, in some ways, it was daring for me and my wife to get married a week after Christmas. <laughs> I got married a week before, so, it's I mean... Same idea, like... Well, let's top that. My birthday is the day before Christmas, so. Well, that's something you can't control. Yeah, you got at least a month between your wedding anniversary and your birthday, so. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on on top of that, Donna decides to make the day the day that is supposed to be about Jesus about her. I mean, it is Donna, a very Donna noble thing to do. Yeah. She's not Donna noble. She's Donna bold at that point. I mean. Yeah. She she does all the noble things though later on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christmas Carol episode, which is not my favorite, but I a lot of people, I saw a list recently where that was rated the number one, and I can see the appeal, especially Christmas Carol being one of my favorite Christmas stories to begin with. 
and then adapting it to this um to, to I mean, honestly, honestly just the 11th doctor had a lot of more christmasy christmas specials than than the 10th yeah. doctor or even the 12th doctor did um between yeah i didn't go ahead oh, i was gonna say i didn't like the um I mean, I can only think of the other. Well, I guess there's two. There's Last Christmas. I mean, there. I mean, Last Christmas really was Christmas theme. It has Santa in it, so and it's true. not a robot. Santa's not a robot, but he was a dream. He was, was well, he? was he? Um, but yeah, with because with the David Tennant, um, we had a good number of Christmas episodes, but they all just had kind of happened to take place on Christmas, and none of them really had plot regarding Christmas. But then with Matt Smith, you've got Christmas Carol, the Doctor, the Widow in the Wardrobe, um, which isn't trying, really. I mean, it, that was him helping the family enjoy Christmas. Christmas. Yep, like trying to give them a Christmas miracle. Yep, and then the and snowman, that, that which I know you love. The snowman is that really Christmassy? Yeah. I mean, that's well, I, I don't know. Snowman. I don't know if it's Christmassy, but it's at Christmas, and I and you love it so. I don't love it. I just love Clara. But there's a difference here. And, and it has love one the of one my word. favorite scenes. Yeah. Exactly. It has probably one of my all-time favorite scenes in Doctor Who, which, to be honest, is probably topped by River saying, or by the 12th Doctor saying hello, sweetie, to <laughs> River. That one just barely edges out words for me. But then we've also got the time of the Doctor, which it's on a planet. Or called the, it's a town called Christmas on yeah. Trenzalore. Like it's a town called Christmas. We, we, I, I think I can give him that one a little bit, not completely. Yeah, that one. But Clara is trying to celebrate Christmas at home and keep that's true. Away because um, of the doctor. But then the the twelfth Doctor ones. I mean, other than last, last Christmas, Christmas, it's all just on Christmas. None of them really have anything to do with Christmas itself. It, yeah, including the River Song one. So the return of Doctor Mysterio, I always just I don't even understand that. why that's Christmas because the first scene is um, oh and yeah on it... Christmas the first scene but the rest of it I just yeah. didn't understand why that was the chosen story for Christmas yeah and then the yeah. Twice Upon a Time with the first Doctor it's a I mean that was Christmas one yeah oh yeah it's the d during the First World War when the fighting stopped right I think but it's um, a very very strong um feel to it but the but the, the bigger plot of the episode for the doctors in that one was the struggle to accept the regen their impending regenerations and again not about christmas <laughs> no so nope I we'll see, see that and then after that, it was all New Year's episodes. So all New Year's episodes. We'll then... see what uh, Russell T. Davies does with the 15th Doctor, whose first true story is supposed to be the Christmas episode. Right, because we have two episodes. Two more with the 14th Doctor. So this weekend coming up, which is the December 2nd. Yeah, that'll be past tense by the time this episode goes yes. live. So we have so one more by the time this episode, episode comes out. And then the, then there's gonna be one on Chris. There is one on Christmas Day itself, right? Correct. That's gonna be the fifteenth okay. Doctor's first story. Okay. So, 
Yeah, for some reason, I thought there was a whole other year between. So I'm glad. Nope, we got questions. just a. We get four episodes within a month. Wow, that's more than Doctor really Who. Really good Doctor for Who. A long time compared compared to one a year for a couple of years. Yeah, that's yep. really good. Yep, so yep. I'd like to just point out, though, I mean, we talked about a lot of different TV shows, ones that have characters who are agnostic, atheistic, characters who believe themselves somewhat to be God themselves in their own right, known way. The um, Doctor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> That's true. You have people who are characters who are Jewish, like Ross Geller. Uh, Annie mm-hmm. Edison and Howard Wallowitz on Community Big Bang Theory and Friends in whatever order I properly said them in, <laughs> um, as well as Phineas Firm, you stated how the character. Yep. But the idea is that I was looking at, you know, we're talking about Christmas episodes, and some people would point out these are not Christmassy enough, right? It's not the spirit of Christmas, it's not the focus of Christ. And I, while I get that and I can appreciate that, the community episode is about togetherness. The Phineas and Ferb episode you mentioned was about gratitude. The Friends episode is about who we are and where we come from. The Big Bang Theory is about the thought and the price of a thought and the value to a thought. And the Doctor Who episode is that sometimes the universe does what we need when we need it most, when we didn't realize we needed it. I think those are very Christ-like Christian thoughts, very Christ-centered things. Spending who we spend time with, how we spend our time, what we focus on, whether or not we spend money becomes irrelevant. All these things, these are what the real spirit of Christmas is to begin with. Well, I think that's, I can't see it any better than that. So I'll let you sign us out. Uh, alien abductions are involuntary, but probings are scheduled. Thanks for listening to the Latter-day Saint Geeks podcast. We're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but we don't represent the church in any official capacity. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can see our show notes and blog posts on latterdaysaintgeeks.com, and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Latter-day Saint Geeks. Music was provided courtesy of David Schradel.